0: what's up guys i'm glad you're here my name is drake and you're listening to the double click podcast by holy hill media Today, I'm joined with Dylan, the Mindless Hulk Budka, a five in one professional mixed martial artist on a five-fight win streak. Currently signed to LFA, a UFC Fight Pass organization. This conversation, we talk about the life of a fighter, what it takes to be able to make a full-time career out of it, and the business involved in it. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by White Horse Tattoo Boutique, located in Defiance, Ohio. They've won the Reader's Choice Award, Six County Area Best Tattoo Shop Around, and with over 10 plus years of experience, these girls are doing it differently. Their two priorities are great art and great client experiences. If that's what you're looking for, look them up. White Horse Tattoo Boutique, Instagram, Facebook, book yourself a tattoo. All right, man. I'm joined here with Dylan, the Mindless Hulk, you. you. on a five-fight win streak, man. How does that feel?
1: Like a champion.
0: Like a champion. I mean, there's no other way to feel for you, man. You have one gear, bro. hmm It's champ status. I yeah. love it. I love it, man. How did, how did you get to be on a fire fight win streak, in the pros, signed to LFA? A lot of hype behind your name, man. Tell us where you came from, how you got into the fight, man. Who Who's Dylan Butka?
1: Dylan Butka is consistent. Dylan mm. Butka is mm. motivated. Dylan Butka stays locked in when everybody else don't. He's uh. The whole time I've been fighting, I've been the underdog, the guy that pe- people don't think he's going to beat the guy in the hometown. I've went to everybody's hometown, and um, I've showed that I'm able to beat every style of fighting, too. That's what got me so far and excelled so quick in the fight game.
0: Yeah, man. So you're from Baltimore, the mean streets, man. Talk to us about coming up in Baltimore, how you got to you know to a place where you're getting recruited in wrestling and then eventually into MMA. I
1: grew up in Baltimore, uh, Dirty D, Dundalk, Maryland and um, it's way different than Ohio. I don't got to look over my shoulder all the time. I just had this conversation with somebody at the gym the other day. They asked where I was from and I was explaining that the biggest thing is just not having to look over my shoulder like I did while I was back home but uh, from there I wrestled in Maryland. Um, I won a national title in Maryland as a high school wrestler and then I got a full ride to Notre Dame. That's where I met Farris Golden. He's out a demolition fight team and when COVID happened, they kicked everybody out of campus and kicked everybody out of school. So when I went back, he said I wasn't doing anything. I was bored. So he told me to come to Demolition Fight Team. And for some reason, something in my head said, all right, let's do it. So I packed up all my bags and moved straight into the gym.
0: And that's all she wrote, man. Now we're yeah. here on a 5-5 win streak, signed to LFA. You won the last five out of your six pro fights, man. you you got momentum to say the least, man. And I think that's that's in the cage. But we're not even we're not even considering outside of the cage, man. The momentum that you have with knowing how to market and promote yourself as well as the other businesses that you have that we'll get into later, you got momentum right now, man, which is which is amazing, which is really hard for a fighter to do because the life of a fighter based on your experience and, you know, seeing, you know, Q try to make it or, mm-hmm. you know, some other friends that, that have been in the game try to make it, it is it's not that easy, man. And people just see the glitz and the glam of the UFC fighters, but it's a journey, man. Talk to us about what it's like coming up as an amateur. I mean, and how do you make money? Because amateurs don't really make anything.
1: Yeah. The biggest way I was making money while I was an amateur was just looking for all the like small businesses that want to get some shine, too. and Sponsorships. Uh, sponsorships like that. And um, they they don't pay you as an amateur at all. They're not allowed to unless it's like commission ticket sales and stuff like that. And you don't get that big of a cut with that either because they got <laughs> to pay for the venue and stuff. But the biggest the best way I can put it is if you're trying to make money quick and you wanna to get to the big show quick is fight as many times as possible, get the experience, and then you can get paid as a pro. I had nine fights as an amateur MMA fighter and nine as a boxer. I was doing jujitsu tournaments in between all that, and that was all in one year, twenty twenty one. And then 2022, I turned pro a year later after my amateur career started. And then I was able to make the big bucks that everybody's talking about.
0: Right. Yeah, you stayed really busy 2021. It's crazy. You had, well, you had more than that, right? In 2021, how many times did you fight again? Nine as an an MMA fighter, 12 as a
1: boxer, and that's not counting all the jujitsu tournaments I did. So 21 not counting jujitsu.
0: Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Hey, man pretty crazy. good for you yeah <laughs> you ain't lying bro but I, I always just find it so interesting to consider the life of a fighter because up front it's so gritty mm. like nobody's really making money they typically have a full-time job and they're training after or before work yeah. on the weekends and you know ultimately to be competitive you have to be putting in hours in a gym you yeah. know what I'm saying just seeing you and the commitment that you have man what do you think has been the difference the biggest difference between the, your amateur career and your pro career as it comes to providing for yourself yeah, that's a good one. Because I mean, well, <laughs> that's a good one. Because I mean, the conversation you, you hit me up. Mm-hmm. I think initially talking about a sponsorship. Yeah, one thing led to another. Marketing manager now managing. You know what I mean? It's a different conversation, right? You got Gary taking as mm-hmm. your head coach, taking care of a lot of it. So our relationships evolved, man. But when you, when you put in the time as an amateur, you're talking about twenty one fights, not even counting jujitsu ma- mm-hmm. jujitsu matches. But as a pro fighter now, you're not doing all that. Yeah. You, you, you have more time. Commi- well, first of all, you're making more money so you can do it full time. Yeah. But you were doing it full time, too, as an amateur. Yeah. Which is hard to do because, you know, the opportunity that Gary gave you to, to live at the gym, I mean, that cuts a lot of costs, right? Yeah. Where not a lot of people have that, yeah. though. Whereas a lot of people, again, are getting full-time jobs and training as an amateur. Now, again, making more money, more eyes on you, which means more sponsorships. Now you can do do it for a living Mm -hmm. and train full-time. So what's your week-to-week look like as a pro fighter?
1: Week-to-week is a lot of practices. I have three practices a day, Monday through Friday, sometimes two to three on Saturday and Sunday, but most of the time just two on Saturday and Sunday. Two of them days of the week we're sparring. I've been having a lot more meetings with (laughs) Drake and all the people that I work with. He's been helping me. um, You've been helping me figure out and organize everything way better, which has helped me a lot with um, having businesses, too, on the side and figuring out the best way to do it. And if I had to tell an amateur fighter that's about to turn pro, something, something else somebody else told me was to fix the environment around you and that will allow you to grow into the person you want to be.
0: That's exactly right. I mean, you're the, you're the culmination. I'm sure you've heard this. But you're the culmination of the five people you're around the most, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that I think that's so powerful because at the end of the day, I mean, you're weaning your habits off of the people you're around, your work ethic, you, you know, the the way you spend money, the way you're eating. I mean, you ne- you need the right people around you in order to create an environment for you to grow, like you're saying. So mm-hmm. as an amateur fighter, I think that that's so difficult to do, though, because, again, you can't surround yourself with the, you know, people like you full time. you got yeah. a lot of other obligations to survive, yeah. pay the bills. So it's an interesting conversation, man. I, I kind of want to ask you at this point, too, like a lot of people, again, they don't understand what it's like getting paid as a pro fighter, too. I mean, you got percentages that come out, yeah. you know, for coaches, management, this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that, man. Well, at this point, I'm starting to figure that out a little bit more and
1: figure out who runs this and that. It's like there's somebody you got to have helping with marketing. There's somebody that mm-hmm. you have to have help make. There's somebody you have to help schedule your events, do your events, make sure you're here, make sure you're there. And um, a lot of the matchmakers, they get a bigger percentage because they're making sure you're going against the right person, um, the marketing team and the manager that's scheduling you doing a meet-and-greet or doing – running into a wrestling meet and saying hi to people for a couple right. minutes. They, doing a podcast. Yeah, doing a podcast. They make sure make sure they get a cut too. Everybody gets a cut because it's a team environment So Even when I'm the only person getting in the cage, there's people behind the scenes that are making sure my brain's right before getting in the cage because if I'm trying to do all that by myself, I'm going to be stressed out before the fight even starts because if I'm posting this and then going here – and then worrying about my matchmaking and then worrying about cutting weight, then I'm going to be stressed out, especially with the high level opponents I'm going against right now.
0: Right. I mean, you from from what I hear you say and the experiences I've, I've just seen you have, like you, it, you, fighters, pro fighters can't really afford to be distracted, man. Because yeah. the guy across from you and you get into, you know, get inside that locked cage, mm-hmm. they're locked in and they just spent the entire fight camp focusing on one thing and that's yep. to beat you. Yeah. And so. In or outside the cage, there is there's media obligations, such as a podcast meet and greets. You did meet and greets a lot this past summer and stuff like that. Yep. There's, you know, there's there's there's, there's traveling. There's a sort of you know the the licenses and your your health tests and all this stuff that if you have somebody taking care of that for you, you can just focus on fighting. Yeah, it makes you know it easier, right? I mean? Right, and right, then right. you
1: take care of people that are helping. You take care of your career.
0: Right. And oftentimes, again, in, in, in full disclosure from, from what I, the research I've done and talking to you, it could be up to like 50%, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, and this is before taxes. Yeah. So let's just say you bring home, let's just say one day, a million dollars to fight, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get the fight bonuses, this, that, and the other. But of that million dollars, you know, there's maybe 10%, 15% to your coaching gym. Yep. There's maybe another another 15 or 10% to a full-time manager or something like that who's ma- yeah. matching you, whatever the case might be. That's 30% already, yep. and that's not including any other obligations. And so oftentimes it's up to 50% yeah, of your then check. Yeah, and there's
1: just doctor's bills and there stuff like go. that. Like yeah. I had a fight in New York. We had to get um – What's it called? When you go in the machine, they brain scan, check your brain and then they, yeah, CT scan. And they had to do the heart scan. Every state's different type of things. But them bills are crazy. If you don't have somebody that's able to help you out with that and stuff like that. Really? Yeah.
0: Interesting. So not all states are doing the same.
1: Yeah. Like New York, New Jersey, you got to go get everything checked out you go to Kentucky, you just got to get a physical. (laughs) Like I went, I fought in Mississippi for my first pro win. And I think I had to get a regular physical. And it was like, it was just chill there about that. But other places, they're more, uh, more concerned with what happens after the fight sure. and stuff like that. And making sure you're good before the fight.
0: Well I would imagine it's bigger industries in yep. New York and New Jersey, you know, and yeah. just in the a lot the more on the industry. line for them too. Right, right, right. And they got a lot more fighters fighting. I mean volume, the competition's different, right? Yep. So it's interesting, man. I, I again I think it's so I think it's so interesting to just peel back the layers of a fighter's life because so many people have this under they think they have an understanding of what it is Unless they're close to it, yeah, they're typically way off. Yeah, they they're are way off. They're I've way got way. I've gotten arguments with people because they like, well, I got a real job. I'm like,
1: try my job yeah, for yeah, s- yeah. the seven hours I do a day, right? In the practice room one time, and we'll see if you still say that afterwards, right? I've had I've actually had that. Like I'll get mad. And be like, oh man! Oh. <laughs> you gotta let that <laughs> roll, bro. <laughs> because it, it's really not easy to sacrifice the stuff and yep. continue to wake up every morning at six forty-five and go to practice and get punched in the face yeah. by other fighters that are trying to do the same dream as you. Well, not
0: only that too. You know, like for for, for me, I mean, even as a business owner, like whenever whenever I'm around my phone or my computer, I'm probably locked in. You know what I mean? But you can you can't put your tool down. You are your, you know, your work, you are your computer, your, your, your means to work. So you got to take care of your body and your mind 24 yeah. seven, because that's how you make a living. That's how you do what you love to do. So it's, it's, it's completely different. And so, yeah, man, the, one of the most interesting things that I've realized about a fighter's career, just in, in, in getting closer with you is just figuring out what all really goes into it, man. Like yeah. you 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 get heavier when you're outside of a fight camp. Oh yeah. Which means <laughs> you like to eat, bro. I really know that much. Really big. But at the same time, you still gotta mind your weight. You still gotta mm-hmm. mind your mind, your body, you're taking care of yourself year round. Like yeah. there's never an off day truly when we're considering you and bettering yourself as a fighter in your career. And you don't do yourself any service by having 10 million businesses on the side too. <laughs> but I love the hustle, yeah. but you stay busy. You you, 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 what you, what I think it, it comes down to is, you know, you've got these goals, man, and you're 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 quickly learning what it takes to get to where you want to be. And so at that point, I want I want to pivot for a second, man, and talk to you about marketing and and that aspect of business because as time grows on. You know, if time, as time goes on and you know, certain promotions, I would say most promotions, if they're looking at a fighter, it's not just a record anymore. It's like how many fans can they bring? How many pay-per-view yeah. buys are we considering? Can here? they fill the seats? Can they fill the seats? And they're looking at your followers, man. Mm. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but that makes that helps in negotiation for a contract to say yeah, it does, hey, you've got twenty-one thousand followers on Instagram, X amount of followers on TikTok, this, that, and the other it helps for negotiation and that's outside of your record It's yeah. crazy to think that that the marketability has so much power around the name of a fighter yeah. what's it been like finding coming that to, to coming to that conclusion and really building a name for yourself i've realized that that took that's what you need before i even started okay. so i started
1: figuring out i've been i like i actually studied like different people on instagram what type of post they make what do they post Along the way, I made a couple of mistakes of posting different things, and you yelled at me for that. <laughs> but it, it's actually – Accountability, uh, Yes, bro. you did. You did. It, <laughs> it, and I appreciate you did because it was a wake-up call that it is a job, too, and I got to take it serious. I got to post the right thing to attack the right community that I wanted exactly. to see and stuff like that. And um, I realized that, like, like Logan Paul, he's not an amazing fighter. At all, but he's been able to train as he's been getting attention and become a better fighter because he has billions and billions of followers, and he's about to fight for an actual. He's about to hit the actual rankings of a boxing community, just picking his fights correctly Mm -hmm. and promoting himself correctly. Mm -hmm. And um, it's actually my has my followers have gone up. The only one of the reasons why LFA seen me is because the followers I had and Mm -hmm. seen that I was popping and seeing that the things I was posting was getting engagements and stuff like that and then that made me realize okay I need to take this serious also after you yelled at me (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: tough love bro (laughs) you know first of all LFA is the fight promotion you're currently signed to yep and they took notice of you originally because of the the noise that you're creating on Instagram mainly the
1: nine second knockout I got got like a hundred thousand views on TikTok and stuff like that and they seen it and they hit up Gary right away to match make me, like, two weeks later. Is that B2? That was in B2. Yep, is B2 that, fighting series. Is that, is, B2, is that the fastest knockout in B2 to this day still? Yep, so fastest professional knockout of That's all time. That's crazy. I think it got it by, like, 30 seconds, too. That's crazy. Because yeah. it was nine
0: seconds, right? Nine seconds. That's wild. Yeah. How did that feel?
1: That felt crazy, and... If you watch the video back, you'll see that I still went for the takedown afterwards. I saw that. <laughs> I see, you couldn't help
0: you And though. then I
1: realized that he was knocked out, and I was like, oh, okay, let's finish it. Because yeah. we planned that punch. I was talking in the back with Gary. I was like, man, I want to knock him out so bad. I'm, I'm ready to get my first knockout. Because before that, as an amateur, I never got an actual like, sleep knockout mm. or somebody that went limp before. And we were talking, just throw the left hook right hand. Watch it happen. And we were supposed I was supposed to bring a kick off of that. We were going to try to get a head kick knockout off him. Left hook, right hand, right high kick. Mm. But the right hand landed, and he started falling down. And I was going to go for the double still because, for some reason, my body wants to wrestle all the time. (laughs) And um, we realized he was asleep, so Mm -hmm. we just got the feel and it it felt pretty cool because that was his hometown area too yeah so i went over and yelled at all his fans
0: and i think (laughs) (laughs) but like that that's the thing about you man naturally you're good at stirring and you're good at tension listen dude there's there's no hiding it people either love you or hate you yeah but that's why you're marketable if there's anybody in between i think i would even dare to say there's anybody in between for any other fighter if you have you know, some, somewhere in the middle uh, of that type of fans, if you don't have the extreme fans yeah. that either hate you or love you, you're probably not going to sell tickets. You're probably not going to sell pay-per-views, things like that. Because people are going to buy to see you get knocked out, and people are going to buy to see you win. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Which is crazy to think about, yep. man. How do you deal with the hate, man? Because I've seen trolls on, on socials yeah. talking talking, <laughs> crap to you in and, and comments and stuff like that. How does that feel, dealing um, with that? I
1: kind of I kind of try to just let it motivate me still a little bit, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Because people be like, you don't got hands. I'm like, you don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, most of the people that are saying that have Iron never fighters. had a fight in their <laughs> life, or they'll try to coach me a different way to wrestle. I'm like, you again, probably never wrestled a day in yeah. your life. But I just take it all in, and I just stay consistent with my work because obviously something's working that I'm doing because yeah. I continue to win, and um, I just. They're going to hate you or love you
0: regardless. Just got to keep grinding every day. Yeah, and you always give somebody a reason to talk, man. They always have a reason to talk about you, bro. I I don't know if this was brought up on uh, another podcast that I heard you on. Um, Not the last one with uh, uh, Clayton, but the one before that. I don't remember, but I I think he mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, that you always give somebody a reason to talk about you. And the cool thing about that is that's relevancy, man. And Mm. so much of relevancy... Synonymous with attention, mm-hmm. so much of that has to do with the profitability of a fighter, and in these business, you know, these promotions, that's what they're looking at. They're yeah. looking at how can we profit off this fighter? How can we make these fights that are going to draw eyes and ultimately draw numbers? Yeah. D- does it ever bother you how much politics and business is involved with with fighting, or is that just another thing that you love? I got kind of good at it without
1: even trying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we had that meeting. Like, I just. Kind of just, I think I was just meant to be in that type of atmosphere, like the business type of stuff. Because I know how to talk to people, I know how to listen, and I'm real coachable, so I can pick up things real quick and um figure out what's going on around me without being messed over. So, man,
0: I got you around to teach me things too. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bro. I Got you. Honestly, man, you're you were in good position before that with business. I think a lot of this stuff comes naturally to you. Drawing attention, saying the right things, doing the right things. Uh, it's really about trimming the fat at this point, but. It comes naturally to you, man. Is like it? my weight? No, man. <laughs> although, all, although you texted me like two months ago talking about you're walking around at 225. Yeah, it got bad. That's crazy. It what were you bad. eating? It was everything. Everything. Pizza. All right. So after every
1: fight, I have like a weird, like, I need that every Craving? day. Craving okay. Every day, And it's different every time. Like the last the last fight after my Ladell Pogue fight, it was donuts. This time it was Whoppers. Whoppers? I never had a Whopper a day in my life before I had them after this fight. I'm always Big Mac. Sounds like a pregnant craving, bro. Yeah, I don't know. It just It changes every fight? And I, It was one night I was hanging out with someone. I was going from, I literally, bro, I was some fast stuff, bro. I'm not going to lie. It was okay. some thick boy stuff. Okay. I went from Burger King and got Whopper, went to Arby and got the Arby Curly Fries, and then went from there and got a milkshake from Steak and Shake.
0: To be honest with you, that's an all-star meal, bro. That's what I'm saying.
1: That's a that's a that's but a it was dynasty. Crazy. But it was crazy. I felt so fat while I was doing it, and I hid the bag that I had from the other restaurant when I went through the drive-through, so the people at the cashier didn't see how fat I was. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were insecure about it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like when you cut all that weight, you just take food. You don't take food for granted at all. Like I cut all that weight for every fight, and I'm when I get down to like 88, 89. Coaches with me in the sauna, I'm like. I'm hurting, man. It sucks. Like I've seen, like my first pro fight, I cut 27 pounds in five days. What? Yeah, that's was, not healthy. It, it cannot be healthy. My pee was different colors and all I types bet. of stuff. It I was bet. scary, bro. Like I, I was sitting there, like what the, What's going on with me? I ain't never cut. I before that fight, I didn't see below 200 for. That's crazy since high school.
0: Yeah. so it was crazy. So that let's let's talk about that right there because. I don't think people understand how hard that truly is unless they've had to cut weight. Yeah. Like, especially in a short amount of time. You know, when you're in a fight camp, you're simultaneously training and cutting weight. Yeah. And, you know, from what you said about the last fight camp, you and Gary, your head coach, have gotten your, your weight cut dialed in more now to where it's a slow burn versus, mm. you know, something like last minute. Yeah. Let's talk about the mentality, man, of a fighter because that you have to win that battle before you ever get into the octagon. Yeah. And it, it it not everybody's cut from that cloth. Not everybody's built like that to be able to withstand training, you know, oftentimes for you know, 2 3 months, oftentimes short notice too, cutting yeah. weight, all this, man. Talk about the the mentality that it takes to be a successful fighter. You got to be tough and especially like for me to fight at the weight class
1: I do, which 85 is the perfect weight class for me, I got to cut the weight. Yeah. If I go up a weight class, them guys are 6'7", cutting boys. down from 250. Right, right. I'm going to be too small. Yeah. But for in order for me to make that weight, I had to be tough. I had to be—and it wasn't easy. Like, the first time I made 85, like, I was literally sitting in the bathtub butt naked, like, thinking my whole life, like, why the— hell? Why am I doing this Why didn't I finish college? Why didn't just finish college? Like, (laughs) I was literally about to, like, I told Coach after we made weight because I didn't want him to think, damn, he's soft, and I didn't want to hear him say that. But I was sitting on the phone about to send a message like, Coach, I don't think I can make it. And that was the first time in my career I was like, what am I doing right now cutting this weight? Like, it's really top two hardest parts other than getting into the cage when you first turn pro. Wow because that's that sucks man i yeah. like food bro <laughs> <laughs> i like food bro and then like after that fight and i was like all right that shit that was tough mm-hmm. like after the fight it messed my body up so bad that if you look back at the interview after my rudy McGoffin fight i'm like almost throwing up really in the interview like she's trying to talk to me she had to hold me up from my back,
0: oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. like I'm yeah. like
1: tipping over and stuff, and every, I'm like, hey, I got, I whispered to him, like, hey, I gotta get out of here. Like, as yeah. soon as we walk off the set,
0: blah, every,
1: everything, like, I didn't even know what I threw up because there was barely anything in me. But just it,
0: because of how hard the weight
1: cut was, I think, it, yeah, that is wow. just, if you do the weight cut wrong, like, it messaged with you bad. So ever since that day, I've been trying to study the right way to do it. When to start cutting the weight? Like now, I know exactly what my body needs to do, what days, when the practice is like it goes with what you're practicing. Like one day you're doing kickboxing. Yeah. You gotta eat something that helps you with kickboxing that day. When you wrestle, you gotta do something that helps with that wrestling. You gotta take the right vitamins or that weight cut's gonna be so hard. You gotta drink the right amount of water. Like
0: I drink almost three gallons of water a day now. That's insane, bro. That's insane. I I struggle getting close to one gallon. (laughs) If I'm being honest, man. (laughs) You always have something to drink with you though. Yeah, always. always. So I wanna let's double click it for the right there for a second, man. You you mentioned you know the the fact that you had to overcome that experience of man, why am I doing this? But you still did it, and then you chose to make it better after that by learning how to cut weight in a more healthy and you know progressive way. You had to make the decision after that that you still wanted to do this though. Yeah. That was a, a conscious decision, like, despite how hard that was and how bad that sucked. First of all, you won that fight. Yeah. That was the fight that you got the nine-second...
1: No, that was my first pro win ever. That was the first pro win. Okay, yeah. gotcha, that, gotcha. I can. Ever since that day, that was my make-me-or-break-me fight. Not even from the fight. Yeah. It was from the weight cut. That's crazy. Like, that, it literally changed my whole... And that's what I want to ask you, yeah.
0: like, what, how is how has that decision played a role in the confidence in cutting weight getting you know getting into the 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 cage and just your perspective on fighting as a career in general I mean you said as a make or break moment yeah that yeah it if bro
1: that I still like have flashbacks I'm like bro I like (laughs) it motivates me to start keep my diet straight like two weeks ago we started eating clean again what motivated me I was like man I can go another and I was like Oh no! You remembered that no, day in the tub, uh-uh. bro. It it is literally the worst. It was one of the worst feelings I've had playing any sport in my life, and I've never quit in any sport. And that literally how I was, how I did it that time. It made me want to for a second, and I was like, bro, I never need to feel this again, or I
0: can't do this again. Yeah, it's interesting, man. You know, as as a career, you know, typically we work on. Um, I would say a vast majority of people. I'm not gonna throw a number out there, but a vast majority of people are focusing on. Their, their their mentality in their profession and their tools that they use to create a good product or service or do whatever they're doing you your mind and body again that's those are your tools man do you ever get to a place where it's like how, how do you, I guess I'll ask this how do you take a break because it's always in the back of your head I'm always to have like, to cut this later
1: i'm always I'm always thinking about fighting in some way and I've had to that's what I've had to do to take a break. Mm. is not think about the fighting for a little bit. Gotcha. Like I'll force myself to think of something else because I will go to things with people's families and I'd be thinking of only fighting. I'd only be able to talk about fighting. Mm. And that's when I realized I need to change that too because mm. you need a break from the fighting to be able to fight good. Or mm. you're gonna you're gonna stress yourself out and get yourself tired before the fight even happens. Gotcha. The fights even happen. So even the week before my fight I try not to even think about the fight until weigh-in day. And then from there on, I'm thinking about the fight the whole time, thinking about what's going to happen him the next day. What, what's he doing? Why did do he look at me
0: like that? <laughs> <laughs> bro, at the time, I'm just wondering, are you looking for reasons to just get motivated, bro? Are you looking for reasons? For real, though, are you? Um, Honestly. Or is it just like a mindset come fight camp?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm like, He's the main thing I'm thinking about, honestly, when I get in there, is he's trying to take my money. Mm. So I'm like, if I don't lose this, he can say he took my money. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the hustle's mindset yeah, for yeah, real. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm like, you ain't taking my money.
0: You know, I, <laughs> I tell you what, man, it, I might get crap for this and comparing you to the story, but like watching, man, watching uh, the, the Michael Jordan documentary series, man, that, that guy looked for opportunities to motivate himself and give him a reason to have an edge over his competitors, even if you would make stuff up in his head. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, to just add to the drive, to give yeah. him that extra, again, that that extra distance between him and the next guy in line. So I love that documentary. Dude, I've watched it four <laughs> times. I'm yeah. not even kidding. I've watched it four times. We were watching that and Rocky Balboa series that just <laughs>
1: went on Netflix right before my last fight. This is a series? Like, all, all, all the movies every came fights. out, all, They You're all right. went up on Netflix. We were watching both times. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. You're good. I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, if they,
0: if they want to sue, it's good, I guess. Publicity, you know what, yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> so, man, you know, it's it's uh, we, we've we talked a lot about, the, you know, what it, what it's like to be a fighter, man, and, and what, what it takes, not only physically, financially, and mentally, but let's talk about what else you got going on outside. You, you do have a lot of things going for you right now. Let's talk about them. Biggest thing outside is um, that
1: I, I love to do is coach kids. Okay. I like to coach other people and fighters that I train with and teach them things I know. Um, I got my own boxing series, My mm-hmm. um, Mania. Mania boxing series. And also, I have a nightclub, kinda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kinda. Just, for those with context, this was the conversation that we had, and he said he yelled at me because we sat down, what, last week? Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, something like that. I got and
1: fat that day too.
0: Hey man, that's that was good food. Nachos, man. Manchos Lounge. Yeah, yeah, it's good food. And the conversation really was just about your priorities, man. And yeah. and you know, when I asked you for if you had to, you know, really minimize the list of priorities that you have down to three. And the reason we do that is because if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. Mm-hmm. And when you can make a finite list, top three priorities, in your top three, where I want to do this because I love the sport. I want to motivate people to just be a better version of themselves and I never want to be broke again. Mm-hmm. And if those things don't align with two of them, then it's not for you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This so is a big conversation. Mindless
1: Midnight nice, has retired. <laughs> until I retire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, bro. Do whatever you want with you retire, bro. <laughs> you know, it's I think that is a a good part of the conversation, though, man, just because any, any individual career, it takes a team. It yeah. still takes a team, man. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you got a great head coach and Gary and so many awesome training partners, man. Like, who all are you training with it to this day? Because I can't even keep track. I
1: got a crazy variety of training partners, but uh, the main ones I got from Demolition Fight Team are Jaden Talker, uh, Q. He's been helping me. Crazy amount more than he probably even thinks that he helps me because he's so humble and you would never know he's a fighter walking out in the street. Dude, that guy on the mats crazy. Crazy. Insane, bro. It's like rolling with an octopus, bro. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like he just had me in like three triangles today this <laughs> morning and it made me so mad.
0: <laughs> he you though. Yeah,
1: he's he's a really good training partner. He's humble and like he's so chill, like and he's a goofball. You'd never think he's even a fighter. Yeah. Like he keeps A real low key. He's four and zero right now, and yeah. has three finishes. He just did a. He's uh, got a belt last month. Yeah, he like I was sitting in his corner. And I didn't. He had a jiu-jitsu coach. uh you know, Justin Flemons? Justin Flemings and. He starts yelling all these jujitsu things, and I'm like, "Dang, I don't even know all this stuff. I punch here." <laughs> <laughs> but he hit him with a uh, dang! It's, it was a crazy submission. I don't even know the name of it, but it doesn't happen. It's happened like three
0: times. I think it was in Uma Plata. No,
1: no, no it was something, it, wasn't... it was something crazy. Man, I wish I knew the name of it. But Q is a really good training partner. Quentin Richards. You fight you you also train with people outside of demolition too. You're yeah. traveling, like yeah. I've we've just started that up a lot lately because um just to get different looks just to get my get different looks that help me in my yeah. fights and stuff because uh eventually there's going to come a point where I got to travel more and more just to get the better looks and different looks that I don't see at my gym
0: and by looks you're talking about different different, different fighters by- looks, who fight different, fighters. different yeah yeah because yeah. there's
1: so many fighters out here that people don't even know about right and um but I train up at Mortal Martial Arts with Mark Coleman and Miles Robinson Mark Coleman, man, that's yeah. UFC royalty right there. Yeah, dude? he's he's a crazy, crazy crazy dude. I almost cussed. <laughs> <laughs> I did this, like four times. I've seen you like bite your tongue yeah, it's and, so like hard. forcefully uncomfortably move on. <laughs> um and this <laughs> fight, this fight, Camp, I'm actually gonna be training in uh Toledo at Soul City Boxing Club. Really good program. One of the coaches there is a mean. Um, mean. Mean Washington, I don't know his actual last name, but he he, he turned uh, Muslim, so okay. he got a different name. His real name is Marcus Washington. I don't know if that last name changes too. So no disrespect to Muslims. No idea. Yeah, I don't no know, idea. but his name's a He's my Muhammad boxing. Ali
0: changed both names. So yeah, maybe. so
1: box. He's he's one of my main box. He taught me how to dance. That's how I like to say, like have rhythm and stuff. When I got here, and uh, I'll be training on mortal martial arts. I'm actually going up to Pittsburgh next week for a 5-day little like clinic camp with Nick Brown. Mm. He's a bellator fighter. He's a he's a dog. He's yeah. a dog. I'm excited to check that out next week. What's
0: well, like the most exciting thing going into, you know, training with these different gyms? Obviously it's getting different looks for you because I know you're competitive and you're you know you're driven, but like I mean like being around Mark Coleman, you know what I'm saying about Brown like it's crazy because and even, you know, like Dante like it's all you know if you're in if you know anything about any of the fight world including jujitsu, kickboxing boxing mma like these are big names these are yeah. the names that are known internationally what has that done for you? Is it added to your confidence and your swagger? What's it done for you,
1: Dante? No, because he chokes me out all the time. <laughs> has he <heard> you, <laughs> you your I be thinking like, dang, why he choked me out that many times? I'm like, okay, he's really good. He really good <laughs> so, Dante, if you're watching this, I'm tired of you choking me out when we roll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's got a gym in Toledo, right? Yeah,
1: Artemis. I'm. we actually start after I get back from Pittsburgh. We're starting like the traveling camp part of it. I'm going to be going to his every week, once a week, and switching up where I go because I have a strength and conditioner coach in Columbus. So I'm going to Toledo, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, everywhere, all the time, trying to get different looks and stuff. But uh my strength and conditioner coach is Ian Ghiacetti. Finally got his name right. He's always mad. Say I, it again one time. Ian Ghiacetti.
0: Giacchetti. Yeah. Always, Italian. It's gotta be Italian.
1: I don't know. But I always say <laughs> <laughs> I, don't care. I got it right. I've always like he always gets mad. I say uh, Getchy uh, Damn I forget what I said Call I'd him yeah. Don't, don't something, do it. Like I don't know But I was always Every time I came back From a fight He'd be like You said my name wrong bro Get it <laughs> So Ian Ghiacchetti Is my strength and conditioning coach And one of my main Wrestling partners With Tanner May And they both beat me up Pretty good To make sure I can Wrestle everybody in the cage
0: well, if you're not getting beat up, are you getting good looks, you know? No,
1: that's good. I'm getting beat up.
0: Yeah, 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 which is crazy. So are you also doing that for the fighters too? They're giving them different looks, beating them up so they know what it's like when they yeah. get in the octagon, you know, they're prepared?
1: So uh, we do this thing at our gym, Demolition, that's a gauntlet. We kind of like set up rounds to where there's fresh people in at all times. So my gauntlets, we usually have about six people ready to go at all times. And in between the rounds, they're coming in every minute on me. A new fresh person. Five-minute rounds. We usually do five threes right now because we haven't prepared for a title fight yet, which LFA needs to get on.
0: (laughs) We'll tag him. We'll tag
1: him. (laughs) But they'll rotate on me every minute, and it'll be a fresh look trying to take my head off for that minute straight and then rotate, rotate all for 15 minutes straight. So when it's my turn to do that to everybody else, I get them back for doing doing it to me. (laughs) It's like in the back of your mind. Yeah, I'm like, I remember him punching me when I was dead ass tired.
0: (laughs) You know, man, it's it's so crazy to think about the versatility of the, the need for versatility in training, because, you know, when you're talking about going to gym to gym to gym, you know you're you're going to good gyms but each of them has one strength they can offer you and then you have to go to another one to get the other it's so crazy that you know this this sport is so unlike any others now if you're in a you basketball team, you're traveling, you're getting different looks, that's great, but you're still with the same team. You're just yeah. competing against a different team, right? But to train, to put all you know, it's a formula and in yeah. and, and finding the right people to train with is it's it's no snow walk in the park. How are you finding these gyms? Is it Instagram? Are you networking yourself? Are people asking you? After fights and stuff, like
1: I've had some of my opponents after my fights, like T. Cummins, and even the last guy I fought against, Wesley, mm-hmm. he'll invite me out to his gym instantly afterwards because that's just when you're actually respected, unlike on, on the one guy I've had a face <laughs> off with. They, you usually connect with them afterwards. Because, the guy from Queens? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh,. I usually connect afterwards because you're like, we ain't all the way in the big show yet. We ain't going to see each other again. Why not work together? Yeah, Like, I've worked with AJ Dobson. He's in the Mm -hmm. middleweight. He's a middleweight in the UFC right now. There's a potential chance we may see each other in the future, but he knows I'm not there all the way where he's at yet. I know he needs a good wrestling look, so we work together to get to that point. And if one day they want to do some type of big deal about it and make it a training partner fight, then they can. But we all know that we're just trying to help each other out, for real. And main way I'm doing that is just Instagram and stuff. Like I'll see somebody DM me or something, and I'll be like, Yeah, screw it, I'll come up. I haven't trained like out of like state that much with different gyms yet, but okay. like next week's gonna be the first time I've like In Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, going by myself and stuff. And uh, another thing that helps with is making it feel like it's an actual fight too, because mm-hmm. when you go into the gym and you're training with these people, regardless if they invited you or not they're going to try to prove a point, hey, this is our gym. Right. Because I know that for a fact because I do that when somebody comes into (laughs) our gym.
0: (laughs) So what's that mean? Are you going harder than you normally do? Are you not holding back like you would if it was your teammates or what? I've always felt like that's a good, like before a fight, you're thinking this guy wants to kill me. For sure.
1: So when you go travel alone to another gym that no one knows you, well, they probably know you if they're inviting you, but they know I'm going to come in there trying to beat some people up they're also going to try to beat me up. So it kind of gives that same type of you're traveling to the fight, you're about to go fight, this guy's trying to kill me type of vibe. Yeah, yeah. When you go train at these different gyms out of state because regardless if they invited you or not, they're going to try to prove a point that, hey, this is our gym, you're here with us. Right, and
0: that is a mental preparation as well as a physical preparation.
1: Yeah, it's helped me me a lot prepare for my fights a little bit more. Now I'm way more comfortable going to – New York and
0: fighting some guy that's talking crap about me. (laughs) If you want to watch that pre-fight interaction between him and this guy, it's on YouTube. It's on... Uh, It's everywhere. It's everywhere. (laughs) It's hilarious. It actually ended up escalating into um, some merchandise. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Right away. Right away. (laughs) It's funny, man. I feel like... Do you know before... Is it in the moment when you're like, I'm gonna make a t shirt out of that? Like, well, um, let's preface for those listening. This guy, like, <laughs> there's these things that he says or does, either pre fight, during the fight, or post fight, and he turns him into a t shirt, and yeah. it's just like the whole process goes viral. Like, <laughs> is it in your head prior, or like, does it just happen, and you're like, okay, we gotta make that a t shirt? The first one we did
1: was to Coach We Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was me lifting up my opponent and walking him over to Coach in the fight I don't know why I did that but I was like all right let's walk him across the cage and put him down in front of coach so I can hear coach and then afterwards we and we were in the gym and I was like yeah I was just like to coach we go mm. and then you in my stuck? head I was like that could be a good shirt and then <laughs> I actually made up that design and stuff on my own and stuff too so yeah I don't know. It just kind of happens. And then I have my business mindset and I got ADHD. So (laughs) (laughs) I lock in on something and
0: just try to make it come to life. Yeah, you're creative too, man. You you've been you took video courses in high school as yeah. well. You know, you've been doing a lot of uh a lot of edits while you're you are you will videotape yourself while you're training and piece together these highlight, you know, just training and designing t shirts, this, that, and the other, man. You make my job really easy, to be honest <laughs> with you. But ultimately, man, a lot of that comes naturally to you. Where does that come from, that creative that creative aspect? I don't I don't even know. Nah. Just <laughs> natural, bro. <laughs> I really
1: I really don't know why I've always been like, I don't know if it has to do with the ADHD or something, but like yeah. I've I've like looked up stuff about ADHD and stuff and it says like you get bored easily or what? I get I'd be getting bored, yeah. Like, yeah. And I like <laughs> like I've always wanted like I was a, I tried to draw when I was younger. I tried to play football I try to play baseball so I you've did. always
0: been interested in creative like, yeah always, always I'm always
1: been doing different types of things that I don't know why I'm doing it but and then it works out yeah I mean websites websites yeah, graphic design, <laughs> posters, yeah. and, and then like videos. some days I'll get more locked in on something that I'm doing more than other things like the one day I was fixing that website for like seven hours straight. Oh, yeah, I know. What and I, know I was sending like. you screenshots <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, why am I doing this? And I was like, screw it. I'm just Fixated. Gonna. Like, I just want everything to be like 100% and I'll, I'll forget about the website. Like right now, I don't care what the website looks like, to
0: be honest. But you care. It was your life last week. Yeah, but it was my <laughs> life
1: last week. And I was like, I need to make this website the best website <laughs> yeah. of all websites right yeah. now. And then now this week, I'm like, I got to get my weight as low as possible right now. Next week, I might not have to care about my weight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is it's a it's crazy. Thing. I feel it's that, though.
0: I really do. I think it's added to your marketability, though, man. Mm. Like, being able to just stay active with ideas, promotion, things like that. So, you know, I think that, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're a promotions... It's a payday. You're a promotions best case scenario. You're a dream come true to them because... Not only are you selling the fights, but when you're in there, man, there's always something that you say the last like three fights that goes viral. <laughs> like I don't even know. You were talking to the table, the your first L or your first LFA fight. What what were you saying to them? I wanna know about that. I never I guess I never asked you that. Um, I
1: walked up right away and I said I think I actually looked at him and said, y'all y'all matchmakers tried to bring me in here to lose, mm. and now I want the title.
0: <laughs> and then you beat... Well, that was last minute, too. Wasn't it a last minute fight? Oh uh, the second LFA fight? That was the first LFA fight. Oh, first LFA fight. Yep, I okay. went
1: out right into Anthony Smith. He was uh, one of the little announcer guys and stuff, yeah. and we actually talked that night afterwards. But um, Lionheart? Huh? Anthony Smith from, like, the UFC? Yeah, Anthony Smith. Pretty cool. Which was pretty cool for yeah. my first UFC Fight Pass fight. Yeah. Uh, well, second, but... You know what I mean, but we don't want to talk about the first one. That one makes me mad. Uh, yeah, but I was—I just said the first thing to mind because they were bringing me in to lose that fight. The matchmakers—they yeah. didn't—they didn't want me to win that fight. It was—he lost the fight before that. Four and one, four knockouts. I've been fighting for a year. Right. He has three knockouts on bare knuckle boxing. For real? Yeah. I out of know out of all of his. Nine or ten fights. That's a big dude too. Yeah, every one of them but one was a knockout, and that's the one he lost. That's crazy. He's six one, isn't he? He's a big dude. Yeah, he was six
0: one. He was six one, six two, something like that. He was
1: number one ranked. He was number three ranked, two twenty pound body lifter in the world. That's crazy. He had like a seven hundred pound deadlift. That's insane. And that was actually what I wanted to do to celebrate was do a deadlift. In the middle of the octagon, which would have been a cool promotion thing too, but another T-shirt. Yeah, but when you get in there, it just like, and I was like, dang, I just won on Fight Pass, and yeah. I just, and I just jumped on the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which people don't realize how high that cage is. That was impressive of me. <laughs> <laughs> how high is it? It's about it's about seven eight feet tall. Oh really? Yeah. So okay. like, I had to get a big. Like if Elite. you watch if you watch the video back, I I I went to go do it. I took two steps back, then ran and jumped <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> you misjudged it. Up yeah, right? I misjudged. I was like, oh, I don't
1: can I don't think I can get up there. I don't want to go
0: viral for falling off the cage. Dude, you know how embarrassing <laughs> that would be, bro. Mm. Look, man, you uh, you you're on a tear right now, dude. Five fight win streak right now, man. That's momentum. But you still refer to yourself as the underdog every time, man what what is that you got a chip on your shoulder bro you do you are you are probably the jolliest person I know always smiling always happy always upbeat always positive man but there's a switch about you that when it's time to go to work and get the job done you're cold bro mm-hmm. what walk me through that transition and, and if you can I know it's it's, it's part of it's like a, a conscious decision, part of it's natural but like Walk me through that transition of really just, I guess, perceiving yourself as an underdog, even with a five-fight win streak. I think of myself as an underdog
1: because people know that I don't have the same long career as everybody does. Like, what I've done in two years, not to be cocky or anything, is really hard to do in two years. Sure, at 23 years old now. At 23 years old. Like, even John Jones, he made it quick. Yeah. But he was training years before. years before. Like all the guys that are young going in the UFC, they've been training for years and years and years before they fought in the UFC. The guys I've won against have all been training six to seven to eight years before yeah. they met me. Like I haven't won against PUDs that are oh and ten and going in there and just taking easy fights. I'm right. going against my last three guys. I've won against all nine and one, number one contender, Jackson Wink yeah. trains with John Jones. Yeah. The last guy I went against, three-time All-American in wrestling in Wisconsin. Yeah. He was no joke. No, None of the guys I went against are easy, just gimme fights. Like, I'm not picking and choosing. Every contract we've got, I've said, yeah, sign it. I don't care. Whoever, yeah. whoever it is. Yeah. Like, I'm not hard to match up. And um, what kind of gets me into that zone to, like, I'm ready to kill now is, like, just knowing that they – are bringing me in to lose. Yeah. Like, they don't They don't believe that – I don't feel like they realize or believe how hard I'm actually working behind the scenes, how, how quickly I'm learning this stuff. One of my yeah. biggest traits I think I have is being coachable mm. and being able to learn quickly and um, picking up on things and digging deeper in things to make it the best thing in the cage. Yeah. And I've done that with every sport I've played. If I had to go play running back, I'd try to watch – Reggie Bush videos. If I had to go okay. hit a home run, I had I watched Babe Bruce videos and figured out Barry Bonds, but I was mad when I realized he took steroids. But <sighs> I still watched it though.
0: <laughs> Shout out Barry. <laughs>
1: but like I just feel like always feeling like they don't realize what I'm putting in and I know like I wasn't supposed to win these last three fights with the experience I have. Yeah. I'm regardless of my fans and everybody that believes in me, I wasn't supposed to win them fights. Yeah. But I did. Yeah. And knowing that I was brought in to lose them motivates me.
0: How, yeah, I was going to ask you, how much of that plays a role in your
1: drive? Oh, big time. I think about it the whole fight camp. Yeah. I'm thinking about it the
0: whole fight camp. Being undermined and, yeah. and almost, like, served up on the chop block. Yeah, like, but I think
1: people are starting to realize what's up. Yeah. <laughs> now
0: they're going to start feeding I think, you. I the, think, yeah, I think
1: people are starting to realize what's up, and they're realizing, okay, He's the truth. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think I'm getting more respect in the community, the MMA community, and people are opening their eyes to be like, Okay, maybe He's this real kid, maybe this kid is doing something right. Yeah. Like, if I could have had all four of my fights on that contract in the first four months of my contract, I would have.
0: That's like, crazy of you. Like, <laughs> what was the shortest distance between pro fights that you've had? One six days. You, you had a six-day turnaround. That's right.
1: And Ru- you also— Ru- my, my first cut to one—and it was two weight classes. Oh, wow. My first cut to 85, the one where I had to cut it all in seven days or whatever it was. Yeah. The next day after that fight, they offered me a 205-pound fight, and that was a nine-second knockout. That's crazy. So it was Mississippi. We had the weekend off. Monday, we got ready for 205. Had hit tie pads for two days, left for Kansas. That's crazy. Yeah. How was how'd the call go? Like, did they tell you before you even left the facility? It was right before. Oh, they it told right, you right before? Right before we left out. And uh, I think they were like, hey, if we can get you on next week, we will. And I was like all right yeah i'll take it i don't care and then when you
0: had, and then when you had that nine second knockout i was you trying to up, go again next week well you went to the table and asked yeah. her to fight the next i was week like i'll go
1: again next week i don't even care it was that and that that was one of the viral moments they posted up on everything too they was talking about dylan wants to fight again in west virginia next week
0: <laughs> i think that's i think that's you know around that time just kind of like looking back at, at your career that's really one of the things that a lot of people really end up taking to you as a fan because you you wanted it you wanted to be in there and you asked for more publicly mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I'm saying and you were willing to show up no matter who it is what weight class and get the job done and then you did get the job done and nah. that's the crazy part because yep. could you imagine if you didn't get that nine second knockout yeah it's a big deal yeah you know it's crazy yeah. bro you you're doing good man you're working hard you're coachable the drive man it's I really do think it's coming from a healthy place, and I think that dude, the sky's the limit for you, man. you just getting started; it's insane, man. But proud of you, man. Proud of the progress you've made, and all the commitment that you have to this. And not only that, but the willingness to help people around you who are they just maybe a little starstruck, want to be around you, and mm-hmm. maybe train with you. But you take you take the time out of your day, man, to to give back and to to just build people up, man. I think that's that's admirable, man. You need to keep doing that. Yeah, man. What else you want to plug before we get out of here?
1: What do you think we should plug?
0: Shoot, well, Mindless Mania Boxing Series, uh, the, the, the your fifth one mm-hmm. is coming up. What's the uh, date? April on that? 14th. April 14th. If you're in the Northwest Ohio area, that's in Fostoria, April 14th. I think the doors open somewhere around five or six. Yeah, yeah. The posts and stuff will be up there, and Drake will be there at this one for sure. I'll, I'll be at this one. I'll be <laughs> at this one. You gave me crap for not being at the last one, yeah. man. I'll be at this one. Yeah, man. The y you, you, you got a we got a date too. Um on you have, do you have a date right now for the next fight? Uh April twenty first. April twenty first. You guys are hearing it first. Yes. Sorry,
1: <laughs> man. I was, I was <laughs> no, like no, you're good. Girl. You're good. good. No, I you're good. Anything? No, you're good. We L- do not have an opponent yet. Three guys have already backed out. Yeah. But um I'm seeing that LFA is doing interim titles right now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can figure something out to where I have a shot at that because I would really like to finish my LFA contract on an With interim a title or the real title, but the champ doesn't sound like he wants any smoke right now. So man, we'll
0: let him sit and wait, man. <laughs> let him sit and wait while you pass him up and go to the big leagues. You yep. know, LFA for those who don't know, it's a UFC Fight Pass promotion. Uh, you've been fighting on Fight Pass promotions for the last year, how- couple months. So it's three 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 fights though essentially LFA.
1: Yep, I've had three fights. Uh, I signed a four fight contract
0: deal after T Cummins. Right, 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 right. Okay. So you could pay you, pay-per-view, you find that ESPN plus or the UFC. That's actually UFC UFC Fight website, Pass website, fight uh, Fight Pass. LFA. It's always one of the top ones up there on that pay-per-view that night of the Fight Pass promotions. If you're looking to follow them, it, what's what's your Instagram? Tag your Instagram real quick. Uh the mindless hawk. The Mindless Hawk on IG. The one and only. The one and only. (laughs) TikTok too. Yeah. I haven't been on that though. I got to check that out Come on, man. Cancel the TikTok. Come
1: on. (laughs) But after you follow me on Instagram, you can follow my
0: boy Drake and Holy Hill right in the bio. (laughs) (laughs) It is in his bio. Yes. It is in his bio, man. I appreciate you, bro. You're doing good things, man. Can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Appreciate you for coming today, man. Appreciate you having me.